everybody. Welcome to the Downtown Music Collective. I'm your host, Phil Gamage. Sit back. We're going to be discussing some albums, some films, some books, and a whole lot of other stuff with some surprises. Incidentally, all the opinions here are mine, and I curate all the content in hopes that you'll like some of it and feel like checking out the artists that I discuss. The new. We're going to talk about Monet from Monica Passon. This album came out in 2017. 2017. Is that new? Well, I'm going to say it's new, okay? I control the timeline here. Um, it was produced and arranged by Monica and Hank Bones in North Carolina, and they do most of the, the recording themselves. They have a couple of other people uh, show up and do a little bit. Um, it's 10 songs written by Monica and I find this album to be uh, very uh, bright, very breezy and a whole lot of fun. If someone asked me to describe the music, probably the best I could do would be a 1960s, early 1960s pop album. Uh, the playing on it is extraordinary. As usual, Monica has the best background vocals going, live and on record. And they really add so much to this recording. It it, uh, it it just takes it to another level, her use of vocals. Uh, the songs themselves, they vary between kind of swing and breezy pop songs uh, in that early 60s style uh, to uh, torch ballads. She's got one here called Deep Kisses that I like a lot. It's basically Monica and a stand-up bass. And I could hear someone like Peggy Lee singing it. Uh, another element in the record that's a lot of fun is the use of kind of wacky sounds and noises that appeared on those albums from the uh, late 50s and early 60s. They called it uh, Space Age Bachelor Pad music. That's the genre these days. Lounge music. Uh, there's, there's plenty of that and it's all included very tastefully. Now for the old. The album is Two Steps from the Blues and the artist is Bobby Blue Bland. What can I say about this man's voice? Maybe the greatest soul singer of all time. A lot of versatility. He can croon. He can sound sexy. But he has this kind of like growl. The famous Bobby Blue Bland growl. Very guttural. Very soulful. Uh, this album is actually a combination of various sessions from a pretty broad time period. There are five tracks out of the 12 that come from the 1950s and then there are seven that come from sessions in 1960. It was released January 61. I think this is his best album. Now the older tracks from the 50s are more in his older style. Uh, jump blues, the instrumentation is predominantly guitar and piano and of course his fabulous voice. The tracks recorded in 60, you can see him trying to move forward with a new sound. He wants more of a pop sound. The arrangements are a lot more sophisticated. The instrumentation is a lot more sophisticated. The horns are a lot more present. The horn arrangements, pretty detailed, pretty orchestrated. There's some strings. Uh, there might even be some flute on a track, I can't remember. Organ, I know, is predominant on one song. 
And these songs really show him moving forward in a new direction, and that's kind of where he went with it in the 1960s. Uh, standout tracks, Two Step From The Blues, the title track, Cry Cry Cry, Don't Cry No More. Uh, this song reminds me a lot of a later hit of his, Turn On Your Love Light, which a lot of people recorded, like The Grateful Dead, many others. And then the great minor key ballad, I've Been Gone So Wrong. There are a lot of uh, bland compilation albums out there, and some of them are really great. But if you're going to get started with this guy, go for an original release, which was Two Step From The Blues, January 1961, on Duke Peacock Records out of Houston, Texas, my hometown, produced by the infamous Don Roby. You can't go wrong with this album. This laid the groundwork for Sam Cooke, Otis Redding, uh, Jerry Butler, Sam and Dave, all those guys owe this album and Bobby Blue Bland a lot. And now we come to the Forgotten album. The self-titled album from Polyrock 1980 RCA Records. This album was out of print, I believe, for about 20 years from the mid-80s till it was re-released by Collector's Choice on CD in about 2007. Uh, Polyrock were produced by Philip Glass. The record was engineered by Kurt Mancasey. Those guys worked really tight with each other. And having Glass's involvement in this project had a lot to do, I believe, with Polyrock getting signed by RCA. Uh, the songs on here are, I would call them kind of typical in a way, rhythmically, of a lot of the new wave and post-punk music that was coming out in the late 70s and early 80s. Very herky-jerky, really fast tempos. Um, the band hailed from Queens, New York, and uh, I actually uh, knew a couple of them back in the day. We had a mutual friend, uh, a woman that grew up with them in Flushing, Queens. Uh, the nexus of the band, the heart of the band, were these two brothers. Billy, also known as William Robertson, on rhythm guitar, songwriter, singer, and Tommy Robertson, who played lead guitar. Eventually he quit the band and they kind of evolved into this pure synth band. Uh, released one record, an EP, that I'm not that crazy about. I really like this one a lot. Uh, a few good songs are Your Dragon Feet, which I think is outstanding, is the best tune on the record. No Love Lost, first song side two I think. Uh, that's like a pop song with some really nice guitar work from Tommy. In Bucket Rider, which is a uber fast instrumental. Um, they were notable in that they did not have an electric bass guitar player. They had a keyboard player that really all he did was play bass on keyboard. And then the excellent uh, regular keyboard player they had, a guy named Lenny. Uh, really plays some beautiful stuff on this. So this album's been neglected. It's not really mentioned much, uh, either in the context of New York bands from that era, or synth music, or Philip Glass even. Uh, it just seems to have kind of uh, disappeared from people's radar. I think it should get a little more attention. It definitely sounds like it's from its era. I'm not really sure all the songs have held up well, but it's definitely worth pursuing and checking out. So Polyrock. 1980 self-titled album on RCA Records. Talking Cinema. 
and we're going to talk about a film directed by a UK maestro Edgar Wright called Last Night in Soho. It was released in 2021. Man, I don't know what to think about this film. Uh, it's really two films in one. The first half is this really well done, stylish, slick, uh, psychological thriller fantasy set in uh, swinging London of the 1960s. The sets are fantastic. The clothes are just off the hook. And the soundtrack's great. They've got uh, sounds like Peter and Gordon's uh, World Without Love, Petula Clark Downtown, and a whole bunch of other ones. Kind of pre-hippie, mid-60s British pop music. And it keeps you riveted. Uh, the whole storyline, the fantasy part of it, has to do with this woman uh, having these dreams that she becomes more involved in and actually is in her own dreams with this other woman who's kind of living the, the fancy life and swing in London. Uh, that's played by Anna Taylor-Joy. We know her from Queen's Gambit. Uh, the lead woman is Thomas McKenzie. Not familiar with her work, but she's good in this. Uh, the male lead is Matt Smith. He starts off as being this very charismatic, uh, good guy, Prince Charming type, Willie Eden. He starts going south pretty quickly. And when he does, the tone of the whole film changes. Uh, also of note, there are a lot of uh, British actors from the 60s that have minor roles, except for Diana Rigg, the great Diana Rigg. This was her final film. And uh, I think she, she died at, when it was in post-production. She has a pretty big role. We all know her from the Avengers. But there's also Rita Tushingham, who was in a lot of important kitchen sink films from the UK in the 60s. Uh, there's also uh, Margaret Nolan. I'm not really sure if she was an actress. Uh, she might have just been a model. Um, and then also uh, the great Terrence Stamp, who has a really good part in this. I'm not going to give too much away about this film. I don't really want to talk too much about the plot, but it changes about the halfway point from being, as I mentioned, slick, stylish, beautiful, to kind of this chaotic horror film with a lot of blood, with a lot of ghouls, uh, with a lot of crazy plot changes that aren't easy to pick up on. However, I do recommend you check it out, if nothing else, for that first part of the film. You're probably going to be like me when it's over, uh, kind of going, what just happened? And I still kind of feel that way, but I'm telling you, the first 60 minutes of this film are something special. Uh, so for that alone, see it. Winding it up here today, I'm going to take you out with a folk song. This tune is called Baby Let Me Follow You Down. I recorded it for my Adventures in Bluesland album. I believe it's traditional. It was made popular by Mr. Rick Von Schmidt, who was a Cambridge, Massachusetts folk singer. And of course, Mr. Folky himself, Bob Dylan, who recorded it. So enjoy. Follow you down. I'll do anything in this God Almighty world if you 
That's it for now. See you soon.